Uh, I'm back. I was here 2D last week, and I know that was probably interesting watching me on the video screen, but um, really glad to be back. Uh, Last week, we were in Fort Worth, Texas at Hope Church, who is really our mother church. We launched out of there, and they were celebrating their 35th anniversary, and so we went back for that. And uh, we were involved in uh, an ordination of some men, and then my son was licensed to the ministry as well. So that was, it was a really good week, and I'd, I'd actually like to introduce, just so happens my son is coming on staff, Thad Lanthrop, and I'd like to introduce he and Gina this morning. Are they here? That might be, okay, come on up, guys. Um, just want to introduce you to them. He looks an awful lot like me, I hear, and sounds a lot like me, but he's wired very differently. So that's, that's a very good thing. Uh, he's going to join the team. And uh, this is Thad and Gina. And I know you'll, I think, I think you'll enjoy getting to know them, but Thad's going to come on staff as uh, administrative pastor and help us at Mission Center to uh, take some of the load off of Alex so that he can focus on the Alhambra campus and then also work here at the Diamond Bar campus. And so here they are. This is him. You can grill him, find out what he's all about if, you, if you'd like to. That'd be fine. But welcome, you guys. I'd also like to just welcome back uh, a couple who's actually a member of our congregation but they live and work in Central Asia, and they're back for the year. They're stateside for this year. And uh, Randy and Crystal Paul and their sons Nathan and Josiah are right back here in the middle in this section. Would you guys wave? Maybe stand? Stand. Go ahead and stand. <laughs> I know you love that, but <laughs> thanks, guys. And we also have some special guests with us today, Alan and Cindy Connor. Uh, they have worked, would you, would you all wave there? They're friends of ours from way back, and uh, they've worked with Wycliffe uh, Associates for years, and Wycliffe works on taking the scripture and turning it into languages uh, that it, it doesn't exist in. And so Alan came out of the business background. Um, and uh, worked for HP for years, and then went into work with Wycliffe. And I think for a while, took used to digitize fonts for the passage, like take the other languages and digitize the fonts so that we could turn turn them into, so they could turn them into scriptures. Very important part of getting the. We just sang a song about the whole world hearing about Christ, and uh, what they've been involved in is a very important part of getting the, the message out there. And so they've done that. They've shifted a little bit. And he just told me before uh, worship that they're taking the scripture now and getting it all on, in different languages and all kinds of mobile devices. It's like, you know, we're in the 200s or whatever, 201s, <laughs> or we're in the next century. Um, but anyway, and they're doing some field work trying to help everybody uh, across the world stay connected. So anyway, glad to have you guys here, really, really good, good to have you. Um, last two weeks, we've actually been looking at uh, one of Jesus' last statements, and it's probably not coincidental that uh, these guys are back and they're here and they're working on sharing the, the message of Christ 
throughout the world. And that's what we've really been talking about. We've been talking about how Jesus gave us this commission, we call it, this great commission, this charge. He gave it to the 12 men that were closely following him at the time, but it applies to us. It's, it's our mission as well as a church and as individuals. And if you haven't yet decided to follow Christ, what you've been able to do these last uh, few weeks, if you've been here, is look into what it, what it means to follow him and what, what it means to, when you decide to make Jesus your boss and follow him as Lord, this becomes the thing that you orient your life around. And here it is. This is what Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we've been looking at this, different parts of this commission. Uh, So far, uh, the first week, we looked at his plan. A follower of Christ orients life around making disciples. This, This is what we do. When I become a disciple, I switch from my plan, my blueprint, to to his plan. And I follow him, whatever that means or demands. And I learn more about that as I go along. But I've made this decision back here that I'm going to do what Jesus asked me to do as I I figure that out uh, as I go along in life. This blueprint actually shapes the way that I approach my marriage. We're a team trying to accomplish a purpose. It shapes the way that I parent. I'm trying to raise my kids to understand Jesus and know him and walk with him and figure out what that means. It shapes the way we approach our work so that I go to work and I'm not just doing a job, but I'm representing the one I follow. And so it shapes our friendships, the way we do ministry, and all of life. It's what we orient ourselves around. So We looked at his plan and how that's the case the first week. Last week, we talked about going public or being baptized. And like I said, you got to see me in 2D. I'm trying to get more comfortable with that. I tend to get deliberate and stuff. So hopefully you you made it through that. Um, But talked about baptism. I know Matt did a great job. I listened to to it back. Did a great job. Just great to hear his story of how he came to Christ and made that decision. Um, But I talked about uh, baptism being the first step of obedience once we've decided to follow Christ. In Scripture, uh, you believe and then you're baptized. You decide to to follow him. Belief in in the Bible is this complete trust where I give my life to him. And I decide to follow him and let him lead me. And so baptism comes after that. It's an outward symbol. It's a picture. It's a brief drama. And it, it symbolizes an inner decision to live life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's a personal declaration and a public announcement. <clears throat> so baptism is a very meaningful thing. Today we're going to look at making it real. Not just talking about following Christ and his commands, uh, but taking his example and commands and what he told us to do, turning it into reality in our lives and learning to live his way. This is, this is a part of what Jesus told us to do as well. Builders take the blueprint and they, they make it into a structure. And we take Jesus' blueprint 
and we turn it into a life. That's what followers do of Christ. When Jesus told his disciples to obey everything I have commanded you, he was showing us how to focus our teaching and training here in church life and what to focus on as individuals as well. We, we aren't just told to add Jesus' teaching to the collection of ideas that are swimming around in our heads. But followers take those ideas, those concepts, those principles, the commands, and we put them into practice. We turn his words into the way we live. Now, a blueprint guides construction. Here's a picture of a blueprint on the screen. Um, you can tell it's very detailed. This is the blueprint of a home. Very, very detailed. To build the right structure, you have to be careful with the details. If it's going to last, <clears throat> if it's going to look the way you want it to, you have to keep going back to the blueprint and pay attention to it. Uh, without a blueprint, <clears throat> excuse me, without a blueprint, you, you may have all the supplies, you may have the people you need to build it, a lot of energy to build it, but you're left guessing as to what to construct. Even if you have a picture in your head of where you want to go, you, you need a specific plan of how you're going to turn um, this idea into reality, and that's what a blueprint is. There, there's a, that's really old school right there. That's, that's an old school blueprint. It's actually blue. They aren't blue anymore. We have an architect uh, in the congregation, and he said, you know, they're, they're not really blueprints anymore. I said, yeah, but that ruins the, the, the series. So let's, let's, not, let's not mention that, okay? But they're not blue anymore. They use computer-aided design and all kinds. I'm not even sure they use that anymore now. But anyway, they, they do different things with it. But you get the idea. There's a detailed plan. You turn that plan into reality. Jesus gave us a plan. He gave us a blueprint, his own example, his life, his teaching. He laid it out very clearly for us. The accuracy of the blueprint that we choose determines the quality of the construction that goes on. It's the same in life. The, the quality of our life blueprint will determine what life we build. Very important decision we're making. We each have the freedom. God gave us the freedom to choose our own blueprint. And the blueprint you choose determines the life you live. We're, we're working off of this. It's important for us to actually look at our blueprint, to step back and look at what we're using to guide our life and to consider what, what kind of life am I building? Where is this taking me? What, what, the blueprint I have, what kind of structure or what kind of life am I going to end up with? Will this blueprint I have get me through the ups and downs? Will it take me where I really, really want to be? I'd like to play a song or I'd like the, the crew to in the back to play a song, and it's called We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus. I think the words are on the screen, but they're backwards. I think you have to read the bottom section of words first, but I want you to just listen to it, because this is, this is a blueprint. This is one blueprint that's out there. Let's listen to it. Oh. 
Here's a blueprint. It came around in America. It came on in force in the 60s. So people live by this, this blueprint. It, it represents how people think life works. It's, it's one of the ways. It's the way to the best life. And it's in the backdrop. And that's the first time I've ever heard that song, by the way. <laughs> I read the lyrics, but hadn't heard the song. That, am I uncool? or What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, it might be catchy. It's kind of catchy. But it's also describing a certain attitude and pursuit and a blueprint for how you're going to approach life. And we tend to think in our world that one blueprint is just as valid as the other. And the way God is, he lets you choose your blueprint. You do have the freedom to live the way you want. But the test shows up over the years of how solid and how accurate the blueprint is. It shows up over time. And we make decisions about how we're going to live based on the blueprint in our minds and that we have and the results of some decisions, some very, very important decisions. For instance, how are you going to parent your little ones? The results of operating on that blueprint, they don't show up for 15 or 20 years. So you're, you're making very important decisions based on these blueprints. And what you find when you follow Jesus is, he's given us a blueprint, and to follow him, you build on his blueprint. And you find, I've found, been following him seriously for, for many, many years, that he leads you to build on what lasts and what brings the best outcomes. He builds, he leads you to build a solid life. So we're going to shift gears and look at his blueprint in a little more detail here. Final verse in Jesus' Great Commission gives us a lifelong focus if you follow him. Take a look again. It says, teaching them, Jesus' disciples, to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what we're focusing on today. To, to do this, we have to keep going back to check the blueprint. As we walk through life, it's critical that we refer back to the Bible to keep our lives in line with what, what God really wants. And over time, as the pressure increases, there's this strong pull to gloss over the details of the blueprint, to just start revising God's plan because it complicates things. Honestly, it gets a little more complicated when you try to follow Christ. And it, it, sometimes it puts you in situations where you really have to trust him to come through. You really have to lean on him. And so we have to keep going back, and that's where faith comes in. We keep going back to the blueprint, living his way and trusting him to be leading us to build what lasts. It's very easy to start looking for shortcuts around the blueprint or just gloss over the details. But just as builders must carefully follow the details that the architects lay out, uh, we have to be careful to get into the Bible. If we're following Christ, we're careful to get into the Bible for ourselves, to get to know what Jesus commanded his disciples to do, and then try to figure out how to do it. And it, it's a constant. There's another passage in Scripture that says that maturity in Christ comes as we go back to the blueprint, we try to live it out, then we go back again, and then we try to live it out. We keep going back to the Bible, back to the scriptures, try to figure out what it means for us. And it comes alive 
Jesus, Jesus speaks to us. As we get into the scripture, he, he speaks to us. So Jesus says it's important to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, I've been in church my whole life. My parents, when I was very young, took me, took me to church. So I've been there for, I've been attending church somewhat unwillingly at first to now I, I love it. I, I live to make it move forward. And for me, the challenge is not needing to know more about what the Bible says. That's, that's not been my challenge. I, I haven't needed to learn more, but my challenge has been obeying what I know and doing what I've learned. That's, that's for me where the challenges come in. Jesus wants the pattern of our lives to be learning and hearing and then obeying and responding. And as we do that, we build a life that is solid, it lasts, it honors him, and it brings real joy to our heart of hearts. Elizabeth Elliot said this regarding obedience. She said, most of our difficulties are not with what we don't understand in the Bible, but with what we do understand. I, I'm, I'm right there. I know there's stuff in there that it's... I need help to live that way, to live the way Jesus said to live. So when we choose... This is why Jesus makes a big deal out of this. When we choose to live by his blueprint and learn to obey, good things flow out of that. A life that, that's good for everybody and around flows out of it. And one of the things that happens is he shows more of himself to us. He shows us himself. Last night before he died, Jesus said, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. If we want to grow in our understanding of who Jesus is, if we want to see him and his ways more clearly, then we need to step out and obey. Then obedience is what brings Jesus and his ways more and more into focus so that we understand him better. When we choose Jesus' blueprint and learn to obey, life goes well. God wants us to experience his blessing uh, both in tangible ways and in intangible ways. And he wants us to experience his favor, his blessing, his favor. He wants things to go well with us. This is at his heart. This is what God said to Moses back when he laid out the law to the Israelites who were his people, that, that he was trying to show the world uh, who he is, what he's like, and through the way they live, draw them to himself. This is what he said in Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always, so that it might go well with them and their children forever. Careful obedience was the key for the early people of God. And it's still the key for us if we want life to really go well. If we want it to go well, we figure out what Jesus said, and how we're going to live this out. Now, notice the generational effect on obedience here, of obedience on the generations. When I obey, it goes well for me and for my children. That's important to note. 
a great deal of the good in my life came from the choices that my parents made a long time ago. And I'm grateful for that. Incredibly grateful for the choices they made that have, have really blessed my life through the years. And that's one of the reasons why I can't really sing with Miley Cyrus. You know, it's our party, we can do what we want. <laughs> it's our party, we can say what we want. I can't say that because I love my kids and I want good for them and for my grandkids. And I know that good is doing what Jesus wants. That's where the good's found. That's where the blessing's found. It's in doing what he wants. I want my kids and my grandkids to go further in their walk with God than I ever have and to find more blessing than I have. My obedience and your obedience sets the stage for the future of your kids. If the Lord's blessed you with kids, your obedience lays the foundation for them. Hopefully they can stand on your shoulders and enjoy much, much more uh, out of life and walking with God than you have and see him work more through them than, than you have. That's the goal. And the blessing flows generationally. That's God's intent. If you're new to walking with God, and, uh, or if you have uh, parents who didn't, you know, God, God still built some things into them that are a blessing to you. But at the same time, you can be the beginning of the flow of this generational blessing to the, your kids and their kids and others. So finally, when we choose Jesus' blueprint and learn to obey, we're able to weather the storms in life. Trouble or storms, they're coming. They're inevitable. That's just life. You know, we don't expect life to be heaven on earth. That's just life is life. And so we're going to deal with trouble. It's going to happen. And every time they come, our foundation is tested. And whatever blueprint we've used to build that foundation, whatever blueprint we're using, determines the strength that comes in the midst of the storm. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and, and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus tells us here, hearing alone won't provide the strength we need to endure the storms, the trouble in life. But only those who hear and then respond will make it through the potentially devastating circumstances of trouble. This is the way it is. And then Jesus wraps up this great commission, this last word to his disciples, the charge he was giving. He wraps it up with this. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us to help us build. As, as we're trying to figure it out, as we're faced with needing to step out in, on faith in ways, um, he's there to help us with that. He's, he's there to supply the strength, the wisdom, the help that we need. As we build, Jesus is right there to help us. These final words were an encouraging reminder to them. 
to his disciples and to us that we're not left alone to do what feels impossible, to do what can be overwhelming at times, because it's so against the grain of who we are. There's something in all of us that just wants to do the Miley Cyrus thing. (laughs) We want to sing that song and make it our anthem. We all want to go our own way. And so when you decide to follow Christ, there's still that desire, the Bible calls it flesh, there's still this desire to go our own way, and we need Jesus' help to choose his way over and over and over again. He's right there to help us build. He, he wants to work with us. We're not left alone to do the impossible. So we have Jesus' blueprint in front of us. We've been looking at it the last several weeks. And he wants us to, to use us to build something unique to every one of us. Now, it's a blueprint, but it's nothing like a cookie cutter. It, it, it's not. You can influence the people around you if you've, when you decide to follow Christ, if you haven't, if you've decided to follow him, you can influence the people around you in a way that no one else can because he's given you a wiring, life experiences, abilities, a personality that can connect with people in a way that no one else can. You, you are unique. God's put you in a unique circle of family and friends, work associates. He's put you in your neighborhood. If you don't make the most of the opportunities to help others get to know Jesus and give them a good impression of him, they're lost. They're gone. They just flow by. And so the blueprint is the blueprint. And God takes all of us. He's wired us differently, put us in different places, and he wants to use us to make a difference. Now, there's two ways that we build on the blueprint that Jesus gave us. God wants us to do whatever we can to to make disciples right where we're at. And here's two ways we do it. First of all, be careful to learn to obey everything. As our circle of family and friends and work associates, as they look on, we're to be careful to try to build our lives on his blueprint and we also should be careful not to be obnoxious about it. We, we, we want to we live it, show them the way that Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. What they'll see is living Jesus' way gives a solid foundation to deal with trouble. In, in family life, at work, in ministry... It's funny, when, when I'm facing the biggest challenges in my life, when I'm going through the the deepest troubles, Jesus is right there to walk through them with, with me, to, to, to give me this inner strength as I rely on him. There's this strength that he gives, and it's, it's noticeable. You live it, and there's this solid foundation for building your life. Over time, your family and friends will see that blessing does come out of obedience kind of things that are going on in your life grow good things. (laughs) They're good. There's a harvest that grows out of choosing to follow Jesus carefully. Sometimes it can't be seen in days, weeks, months, but it definitely shows up over years, decades. You see the difference. If you discipline a two-year-old now, which is what you find in Scripture, they need discipline. They need to be trained. They need direction. If you discipline them now, you take the care to do it, 
uh, you keep loving them, you develop a relationship where you love them and they know you like them, then they do better when they're teens. That, the decision, that's one of those decisions that it's, it's decadal in its outcome. It, it, t- it takes time to see. And we have to choose this blueprint. If, if we choose Jesus' blueprint and learn to rely on his presence, he helps us obey in the middle of life when it's more difficult. Um, at work, you know, most people are content with just doing your job description. Uh, and Jesus' followers are, are called to represent him well, to go beyond, uh, above and beyond. You have to rely on Jesus' help to do that when everybody else is sort of slacking off. You just need his help because, you know, I, slacking off is kind of native. <laughs> you know, I, it'd be great. But Jesus is there to help us build, and there's a difference when you give it all uh, to doing the work. So question Jesus' followers ask every day is, what's my next step here of obedience? What, what is my next step to obey? Uh, a second way to build is team up with the church to fulfill its mission of growing and making more disciples. This is the way we, we build. It's very important. Christianity is a team effort like rowing, not an individual sport like kayaking. You know, you're going to see a crew just fly by <laughs> the kayakers <laughs> if you put them in a race. We've been pulling hard together to stretch, to launch the campus in Alhambra. It's put a lot of weight and tension on a lot of us, much greater load uh, to bear for us, and what might, might have seemed like a 100-yard dash at the beginning now is turning into more like a cross-country race. It's longer. Maybe it's longer than we thought, because we've, we've launched the campus. It's gone well. God's really blessed it, and Uh, Endurance now is going to be important as we continue to lay the foundation together so that God can work through us to make make more disciples. We launched the campus so that more people could hear about Christ. So so that the the group who uh, was a part of Church in the Valley Diamond Bar for many years is now they have the ability to reach their family and friends. So this was our blueprint. In doing all this, this is behind the decision to do what we've done, and it has stretched us tremendously. And this is the way it is. The Great Commission will stretch you, but boy, you come alive as you get outside of yourself to give yourself to something bigger than you are alone. You come alive. The Great Commission can only be fulfilled as we team up to do more together than we could do alone. And it shapes our approach as individuals to life, and it shapes our approach to things as a church. We orient our efforts around this. So, for instance, Kid Zone. You know, the kids are, we have, we have a lot of kids in Church of the Valley, you know, a bunch. Uh, for our size group, proportionally, a high percentage. Um, but Kids Zone, what's going on in all the classrooms? It's not primarily about child care. It, we want to teach our kids what it means to obey everything Jesus commanded. Because if, if kids can develop a, a walk with God and really understand what it means to be careful about following him, they will avoid a lot of pain 
in their life, if they'll get on that track and stay on it. And so that, this, what Jesus told us here, it shapes the way we go about what we're trying to accomplish. If you teach in kid zone, you play a crucial role in what we're trying to do here. And I, I, I know that uh, God really blesses those who teach. They're, they're going over some very basic ideas of what it means to follow Christ, and they can learn how to turn that into reality as well as you're going along. As you break it down to a kid level, it really speaks to you as well. So anyway, that's, that's a major part of what we're trying to do here. The blueprint also shapes the way we, we teach on Sundays. We, we teach aimed at helping us figure out what the next steps are in following Christ. We want to help people obey. How, how, what, okay, that's what Jesus said, or this is what Scripture says, but what does that mean for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What's that mean for my life, my attitudes, the way I think, the way I live, the choices I make? So this blueprint, we go back to it, and we keep trying to figure out how to help people follow. It, it shapes the teaching on Sundays, what we do here, life groups, other groups that go on. Uh, we're aimed at learning to obey, not just getting more knowledge, not just knowing more, but learning how to do what we know. And as we find out new stuff about Jesus, what he says, how do we do that? So... A second question Jesus' followers keep asking is, how can I serve in the church as a part of the team? What can I do? How can I pull together to serve? And we keep, followers keep looking for ways to contribute time, money, and effort to help the church grow and make more disciples. Jesus promised the church is going to keep moving forward. There's nothing going to stop it. Sometimes we, we feel like it's, it's retreating, in America, it may feel like it's, the church is shrinking, but the church is the only, Christianity is the only major religion that's growing across the world. It, it is growing fairly rapidly throughout the world. It's still moving on. Because Jesus promised way back there, nothing is going to stop the church from moving forward. He's going to keep it going. He's going to keep moving. So when we pitch in together, when we pull together as a team, uh, we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And God's using us to make a difference. I'd like to wrap up the message by asking you to think through your next steps. It's what we do. Uh, what's, what's my next step of obedience this morning? Um, if you would, please take out your connection card you find in your program. In a few moments, you can drop that in the offering when it comes by, uh, but right now you might want to take the time to finish completing any information you haven't had an opportunity to, or one of the next steps that I'm going to suggest to you, and then when the offering comes around, you can drop the card in there. Um, my next step today, here's my first suggestion, obey Jesus by, and I, I left a blank there so that you could fill it in. Maybe God said something to you. Maybe I need to investigate uh, what it means to follow Christ and not keep it so much on the back burner, but maybe I have some questions I want to get answered and really start working through. Or um, maybe something came to mind about the way you relate to your family or the, how you're handling work, whatever it is. My next step is to obey Jesus by you fill in the blank. Another step could be to contribute to the church team by. Um, there's a place 
you could mark, I want to help as needed, uh, and we'll get in touch with you on that. If you're serving now, keep running the race. Uh, if you aren't, we'd love for you to join the team. But that's a step you could take. And then a, a final step would be to attend the Lord's Supper tonight. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. It's, it's for those who've decided to follow, it's a remembrance. It's also a time at Church in the Valley where we really focus on uh, Jesus, his death on the cross to pay for our sins, and we uh, reflect on our relationship to God and also our relationship with others and take the time to clear those up, to ask forgiveness, to get forgiveness, and to worship the Lord Jesus there. So you're, you're welcome to come to that uh, and, and join us in that. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth we see in your word. Jesus, thank you for uh, giving us such a, a challenging, fulfilling life to live as we walk with you through it. Thank you for being here with us. You're right here uh, with us uh, to speak to us as, as we look at your word. You're with us throughout all of our time to help us to do what it is you've asked us to do. And so, God, I pray that you'd give us the, the strength and the ability to take the steps that you've laid on our hearts today to take. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.